Hi, and welcome to the Land Party. I'm Brendan Crosdale. I'm here with our producer and co-host Andrew Nelson. I hate Tim Burton and everything he's done. The Baron of the West End, James Lowry. I hate Tim Burton too. Yes. How do you feel and about, about I, Tim Burton? I don't hate Tim Burton. <laughs> I hate Tim Burton, and I hate Hot Topic, and I hate everything that they stand for. Wow! <laughs> burn down, burn down, Hot Topic. <laughs> burn down, burn down, Whoa. Hot Topic. What brought on the Tim Burton rage? Uh, I don't know, man. I saw some, he's like, some installation that they have at the at MoMA right now mm. of Tim Burton, and I just thought, that doesn't deserve to be in MoMA. I do hate the MoMA, so I yeah. guess if okay. he's there... That's rough for him. It's like the <laughs> transitive property of hate. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the, the friend of my enemy is my enemy. That works. The enemy of my friend is my... So what? we were we, we <laughs> were going to talk about video games. <laughs> uh, oh, right, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit last week we were talking about Heroes of the Storm. Uh, there have been some pinky toe type dives into the game. Now yeah, we played it for, what, eight hours yesterday? Yeah, we played it for about eight hours yesterday. James has been logging some time, too, and... I think it's fair to say uh, you guys are catching the same bug that I've had now. You, you're starting yeah. to understand where MOBAs are coming from. So we're going to take some time today and dive a little deeper into Heroes. Uh, so for those of you who don't play MOBAs or think MOBAs are for crazy racist kids on the internet or, <laughs> you know, they're just too hard or weird for you, tune out for a while. We have another subject later. For those of you who actually <laughs> like MOBAs, please stick around. We're going to talk about one. <laughs> Jump forward to 36 minutes and 47 seconds. Side B. <laughs> Interesting aside, I've been listening to uh, <clears throat> a bunch of um, uh, H.P. Lovecraft at work while I'm working. Uh, just who, who narrates it? I don't know. Oh, but the okay. tapes are like ancient, <laughs> and it's just some YouTube video where they strung them together. So randomly, while I'm listening to it, like he'll be like, "And the madness had driven them to the point of scratching at the walls. Turn to side C, and the blood came from the floor." It's like what the. <laughs> Perfect, uh, perfect mood stuff for a corporate atmosphere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dead, dead formats. <laughs> yeah, just not so good. Uh, but yeah, okay. So here's the storm. Um, I'm not even gonna preface it with what it is. If you don't know, Google it, learn about it. You should know. Uh, it's a MOBA. Yeah, it's a MOBA. And My Blizzard. It's awesome. Mobile yeah. Online Battle Arena. So let's hear from you guys because you're a little, you're, you're deal, you're getting into this more. You've come a little further down the rabbit hole of MOBAs. What are you feeling now? Well, it's, uh, it's an absolute great strategic and little bit megalomania fix mm. it's hard to get that megalomania when your lane is pushed all the way back and <laughs> you're just getting creative to try to make time but the thing is is that um when you're working as a dynamic part of a greater whole and something really great happens a few different elements sync up you get a couple of mercenary bands turning your your minions or your creepers into an actual army that god that that victory that triumph is a lot of fun mm. um and it's it's something as a starcraft player as a, a real-time strategy kind of guy that there's still plenty to keep you busy there's still the larger map dynamic but there's just less to manage so you can concentrate on one or two dynamics that really make sense for you without having to run a circus and juggle at the same time yeah i that's the the different dynamics with like you said like run a circus without juggling dynamics is that what you said or was it the other way around? juggle take tickets you know run the show and deal with things yeah i i like how insane the game ends up getting when you're in a lane and you're getting pushed back by three heroes at once 
but you feel like you have a little bit of control over like how you're going to move forward strategically. Whereas with a lot of, for me at least, when I play RTS games, real-time strategy games, I, when, when the shit starts hitting the fan, I panic and I just go, I just write off a situation. I'm like, that is a lost cause. I'm just going to stop throwing <laughs> shit at it. This game, because you're really only focusing on your character, your, your hero, and to an extent, the creeps that you have, depending on what your next move is going to be. I feel like I have a lot more strategic control and I can focus a lot more clearly on what my actions are going to be. On top of that, you have much letter, less variables that you need to, to control. Yeah. Uh, you have, you have your abilities, your cooldowns, and you basically need to watch those and you need to watch what people around you are doing. But you don't have to worry about micromanaging millions of things like in an RTS or even in some extents Dota. Well, so for the genre appeal for me with this, and I think Heroes illustrates this really well, I like it because I feel like for me, it has the same technical problems as an RTS, the same scale of resource management versus map position versus the goal. And you're, you're resource constantly. Resource management? Oh, I guess, yeah, with the, with the meta, or not the meta, the, uh, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The objective. The objective. Well, the, not the, just with the resource management for the objective, but also cooldowns on your characters. Okay. Uh, so your can, yeah. The talent ba- tree basically replaces the tech tree. Yeah. And, you know, so those kind of things. But you just have limited control. Right. More and more control is taken away from you by the game and not necessarily removed from it. Almost all of that control is placed on four other people. Yeah. And so, for me, it's playing a game like StarCraft as a team, but not just, here's my individual base and my strat. How does that figure into yours? You don't have all of the pieces to solve the problem ever in a MOBA. You only have the few of them you have, so you have to pair with the rest of the team. Right. So, like, uh, if you're playing a position where you're going to hold down a lane, you just need to stop enemy advancement. Maybe if a character has a few tools to do that on their own, that will never win you the match. The only way to win is if you're plugging up that lane and somebody else is pushing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, be aware of that and then figuring out that combo. And for me... It, the game, the reason why I gravitated to MOBAs as soon as I tried them, and the reason why I keep sticking with them, this one for many more reasons, but one of the big ones is that this scratches the itch, itch I had when I played sports. When I played soccer. This feels like a sport. It feels like a team game. To That's me. what I was actually going to say, um, based on what you're saying. It feels like when you're playing this, you're part of a team rather than for a lot of RTS games where you have allies. Right. Which I think is actually what they call it. In, right, right. In, and it's a very RTS. accurate description. Yeah. Of it. Those you have people who are working alongside you, but they have their own way about going through. This one, you actually have to work together, and there is a easy way to work together. Or a hard way, really. There's yeah. an interesting aspect to it, and I, I'm intrigued that you went to the, the sports thing, because it was something that was just churning around in my head, because at times it can feel like a... It's like you're a part of three separate football games that are all going on at the same time, <laughs> yeah. and you're a quarterback or a linebacker, and you can jump from game to game. Yeah. Yep. And like, I think that's why esports and this took off so much is because this is a team sport where team composition and drafting of the heroes and knowing your role mm-hmm. all matters. Like people can master a position, which then locks them into heroes that can play that position. That's how they, they learn yep. to do that. And then they can be famed for playing that position well and they can move around. Like I always say, and I know this is going to seem inflammatory that I think basketball is a really shitty sport. The reason why I think basketball that, really, yeah, is because it's not a team sport. The best player on each team plays basketball and everyone else tries to get in the way. That's basketball. That is the NBA. And it's fucking ridiculous. College basketball, maybe slightly different, but the reason why I can't watch the NBA is it is literally that. 
That is why the Kobe Bryant's of the world just fucking ruin the game because that is literally all you're watching is which team dumped the most money into which prodigy. And it pisses me off. It's nothing to watch. Yeah. A sport I prefer to watch is hockey. Hockey is a team sport. You can be Wayne fucking Gretzky. Soccer too. Well, soccer, soccer's kind of an interesting medium. Yeah, soccer, soccer's a little bit. Because there are those Luis uh, Suarez where you have those, those one player who's just fucking incredible and everyone else just sort of runs like, pass it to this guy. (laughs) Let him throw into the. the But even those guys lose. Soccer has like a certain checkpoint where some of the teams are so well built that team play in soccer can advance past a prodigy. Right. To a lesser extent. Hockey is a sport where you can be a superstar and amazing player and short of maybe goaltending, there's not a whole lot of control you have over the game without your team. And even a goaltender, he can't win the game. He nah, straight up can't. Yeah. He nope. can only buy time. So, like, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I think that the Tuka Rasks of the world are are possibly the best sports people in the, in the world, athletes in the world. I mean, Sport, the- Sports people! That shows how much I know about sports. The sports people. The sports people, yeah. yeah. The sports ball. Well, but, like, intrinsically, a pure defensive <laughs> position like goaltender doesn't score any goals, so you'll never win the match. They could. Even if you, they never score on you, best you can hope for is a tie if your team sucks. Yeah. MOBAs work the same way. Positions matter, and mastering a position and learning how to play it well, you get into that situation where you're codependent intrinsically in the way the game's designed, and I think that's why, chiefly, it took off as an esports genre. Once you have an inside knowledge of the sport, watching somebody play it becomes more interesting in the same way sports do, because you're like, God, look how they're executing that that's, play. That, we'll it, say for an example, like imagine how much more exciting hockey would be if, say, if the goalie caught three shots on goal, then a buddy of his got to jump on the ice and they got to rush forward and take it a, you know, a <laughs> straight full team press on the enemy's goal. Yeah. Now, when you did that, of course, you know, the uh, other team's fans would be allowed to throw junk at your team to slow you down. <laughs> but it's the whole thing where you playing... can hire people from the, the parking lot to come in and jump on the ice. The goons are just you know, the crowd for, now. For, for 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, get off the ice. And for every second that your goons are still on the ice, you, I don't know, uh, you're... Uh, your side, whatever, your, your forward, your forward players have to go into the penalty box yeah. for it. Well, but like, that's the thing is we can't have murder ball in real life. So that's why we started to get murder ball in video games. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, the, the only thing that keeps this incredible amount of, uh, energy that's being, and talent and technique that's being displayed in an arena style competition is the rules. It's the only thing that keeps it from spilling over and going completely mad. Mm-hmm. However, when you're in an artificial environment, the environment itself can contribute to the wonderful, glorious insanity. And so you can go absolutely nuts and have that be displayed in the overall dynamic of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people, when we sit down and we play video games, we look like the most boring people in the world. But it's also it's you got all going underst- on right up here. It's all going on upstairs in that Andrew's for somebody else. His dick. You know, for somebody really involved in an intense competition, they're still really involved. Wait, hold on. What? You said it's all going on right up here. Let the kids see where you're pointing, so I, I let them know you're pointing at your dick. Up here? What the fuck is going on? Andrew's anyway, very He's excited, also really everybody. tall. You don't know that. <laughs> Literally everything that has been said in the last 15 seconds is a lie. Yeah. Slanderous lies. <laughs> Okay, I want to go. I want to go back to what you just said about watching people play and, and like watching a, a a professional sports game mm. with mobas. 
Um, you'll know the guy's name. He is, he's the guy who was playing the super hard carry in the international, um, that Dota movie that Valve made. Uh, Dendy? What? Dendy? Yeah, Dendy. Yeah. I've heard that he, in, like, I, I had a friend who told me a f- months ago saying that he is super fun to watch play the game. Yeah. To watch them play the game. And I just didn't understand that. Like, that made no sense to me. Like, I, now uh, having a, even just a small amount of exposure to the game, the, the game style, I can kind of understand that. Being able to watch somebody else play the game and sort of pick up how they play it and the, the small, um, subtleties to how they can play their characters. Yeah. Now, personally, a lot of it's going to be lost on me. I don't, I don't have, uh, that much familiarity with Dota to begin with. Sure. Um, but I can still, I think it's, I think it's interesting that, Video games at this point are are turning into something that you want to watch somebody else play it, and people get paid to be watched to play these games. Yeah, and I think MOBAs present an interesting synergy that brings them closer to, I think, a lot of the, the pro sports level things, where if you watch a professional match of CSGO, mostly you're watching incredible reaction time and math right. knowledge. Right. You're watching a computer... It'll just make a perfect machine of physical action work over and over and over again, and whoever's works better wins the match. MOBAs present an extra element to it that kind of gums up the works, because reaction time and knowledge of your character are really useful, but then you can't do it on your own. Right. Like, an incredible player in CSGO could kill the entire enemy team, plant the bomb, or whatever else. Yeah. It's very hard to do it unsupported, but you can achieve all the objectives alone. You can't in a MOBA. Right. So you have to worry about holding up your other team. And when the characters themselves don't have symmetrical ability, which they by design don't, right. it creates incredibly interesting reactions. Like, well, these characters will need to be supported by a different one at a certain time, and how can I help my friend do better? Well, he, well, here's the thing, though, is that with Heroes of the Storm, they can have symmetrical ability. Sure, as, they, far as, as far as the characters, because, and that's different than League of Legends and uh, Dota, at least in their laddered games is you can be playing a mirrored team. You can play the mirrored team offensively. You can't right. have the same characters on your team. Right. So, yeah. There can be a certain degree of symmetry in that Diablo could fight Diablo. Right. But Diablo can't support Diablo. Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I think even then, the mirror match is going to go further and further away in Heroes meta as it goes on, because the more characters it adds, the more meta strategies are going to be. Right. I think it's interesting, too, that since I've been playing, I don't see a lot of mirroring i don't see a lot of stack up yes i like diablo and i'll usually encounter another diablo on the other person's (laughs) team but it's not like you see a lot of the same character going around i think that the way that the characters are designed lend um lend themselves to the way that people play games differently right i like exploring different types of gameplay so i took a cycle through all of them and i can tell you that every character that i played has a way to do well on the map right now it's just a simple adjustment on your play style but you know all of these characters are really really good there's i haven't found a bad one yet um you know depending on depending on your play style depending on my play style i played lily uh last night very very briefly and i hated it yeah. I did not enjoy playing that character. Well, okay, I haven't picked up that one. And also, Tychus can be a, a huge headache. I love Tychus. <laughs> Actually, that's what I was going to talk about with, with the mirrored going against your own character on the mm. other team. Tychus, his main thing is just he starts to, he, he spins up his minigun and he just starts shooting. And I ran up against another Tychus and it was basically just like us both standing in a position shooting at each other. <laughs> 
depending on whoever started shooting first, was going to win. Yeah. Well, and I, it gets kind of weird in the ranked system with it, because eventually the meta gets much more... It gets smaller, like it would in any MOBA, where there are characters and combinations that become superior. Uh, Illid and Uther is dominating it. Yeah, and Uberaka, Zagara is another one that they're yeah. using. Uh, Zagara push, Sylvanas push. There's a bunch of strategies in the meta that come and go because that character is considered dominant. What I think is interesting with Heroes, though, is that even within its restricted pool of characters it has by comparison to League or Dota, it still has had a pretty broad meta across the board. I think until you're getting up into high, higher ranked, ranked games or higher team ranked matches, you're not seeing a restriction on the meta, and I think it's because of what you said. They're working really hard at making each of the characters empowered within their role. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that Dota has done to a better degree than League over its lifetime. League has had a lot of vestigial characters for times. The meta will move away from somebody being useful, and they will just fall further and further behind until they're no pick. Yeah, nobody uses that. And, yeah, they'll have to be reborn, which they've done a pretty good job of doing recently. They've taken old characters and revitalized them by reinventing them to match the new meta. Dota, to a degree, I think, has not suffered from that. There are weak characters in Dota for certain, but it has a very, very broad metagame, even at the competitive level. Well, that's what I'm I'm trying to figure out, because I, um, and we'll get into this a little bit later, I, I purchased uh, Tyrael. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Diablo, uh, the Archangel, former Archangel. Mm. And I, uh, you know, I'm still trying to p- figure out the character. He seems kind of like a jack-of-all-trades character, but I haven't run into a situation where, uh, I've run into one situation where I couldn't do anything against who I was facing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting that even with these, you know, these very specific characters, or like, or playing the character that you want to play, for me, was Tyrael, because he looked badass. Uh, and it was just sort of a melee warrior. Ty- uh, melee warrior, okay. Right, yeah, yeah well, uh, Tyrael. Think, yeah, yeah, he's Not Tychus. I do like Tychus, but Tyrael. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm still learning the character. I, in fact, I, I was actually, I wanted to talk about the, um, the, uh, ability trees and the, and the, um, mm. like, not the supers, the heroic abilities. And yeah, yeah. Um. Ultimates. I'm, yeah, the ultimates. I'm actually really, uh, impressed with how well they've balanced all these characters and how yeah. you really can build your character to do a very specific thing. Yeah, I think particularly within specialist and support in this, it's very broad. Yeah. Um, Warrior and Assassin, not to say they don't have hybridization, but they're always sort of focused towards those roles. Warriors either get more tanky or more brutal, mm-hmm. and Assassins either get more bursty or more sustained DPS, and you're sort of choosing between those. But within the support and specialist roles, those talents really change the way you play, and because you're not picking them in advance, like you're not setting them up or coming up with a plan really early in the match, like say in Dota where your talent system is replaced by gold and you have to have an item build, yeah, you can adapt to the way the game's changing. And once you figure out who you're against... the players against, that you're facing. Yeah. You can yeah. know off the draft, like, oh, these are the characters... If you're playing in competitive, anyway. Right. Um, you can know, oh, these are the characters involved in the match. I'm going to build Tyrande sustained DPS, or I'm going to build her into more of a core support type. Right. And I think that's an interesting meta that's, to me, more accessible than the gold and the items involved in Dota, which are just infinitely complex. Right. I mean, there's so many different combinations, I'm I'm assuming. That said, huge critique on the game, and I'm joining a choir of people (laughs) screaming about this with heroes. It's fucking retarded that the talents are gated behind hero progression. It makes no fucking sense. Like, when you unlock that hero, you should have access to the full plethora of their abilities. You shouldn't have to play them to, like, level four or whatever before you and by unlock you mean purchase in one way or another well level level three is where you unlock all of their abilities right so like why like why is it even gated it doesn't make any sense to me i get that maybe like if you were new to the game it's restricting some of the complexity 
But if that's like my sixth hero I've unlocked, why is it still like that? Yeah, say with I haven't spent any of my in-game currency, and soon I should be able to buy Diablo. Uh, he's free to play at the moment. Glad I put in some time with him. But I can purchase him with the in-game currency that I've gotten so far um, in a little bit. But at the same time, that's a $9 character. And if I was buying him outright and then had to put in the time to use all the abilities, that's one of those things where it's like, why am I spending money on this? Well, if I'm spending money on it, shouldn't I be spending money on the whole character? Yeah, like it doesn't bother me as much from a financial standpoint because if you purchase them, you're going to be playing them. But it just seems kind of dumb. Like it would be like, okay, here's your Harley Davidson with training wheels on it. And until you've driven 40 <laughs> miles, you can't take them off. Like... <laughs> Okay, maybe it's the first motorcycle I bought, and they're trying to save me the pain of laying the bike down, but if I've owned five before, and I showed up in my fucking spider body armor, my sick helmet with my bags to put on the bike, like, get out of my way. Just <laughs> no, let me no, play no, with you the gotta thing drive 10,000 more miles before you get those. Yeah, well, yeah. and then Blizzard's solution to it was if you hit meta level 40... That gating no longer exists. Well, by the time you hit meta level forty, <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> how many more characters do you have to unlock? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking. I'm, I mean, granted, still, it's still in beta. Yeah. They, they, with all intents and purposes, they, they probably will take it out. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think they that they're going to. Going to um, I also, you know, for me, it's not. It's maybe one or two games of playing the character that you unlock all those things. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I unlocked Tychus in like two games. It does depend on what mode you're playing in and stuff, and it, it doesn't take long to do it. I just don't understand from a design point why it's even there. Yeah. Especially because if you hit the try button in the store, everything's unlocked while you're testing the character. And some of those second-tier abilities are like core design choices on those characters. Those like third- and fourth-tier talents on Sylvanas drastically change the way she's played compared to the first ones. And so it's like, just give me that. Like, the ultimate. I wonder if that's just Just something left over just from a lot of uh, sort of online, massive online RPG, you know, RTS RPG. Uh, You know, it seems like something where it's, well, this is the way that these kind of games are done, so why don't we do it? Well, it's interesting you say that. We're doing this because everyone else does it. You guys didn't play League, so you don't know about the rune system. And the the reason why I don't talk about League very favorably is actually because of the way its metagame works, because I think it's bullshit, and I always have. League uses a system where you can actually improve the passive strength of the characters marginally by having a higher meta level in the game. So... Because you played the game where your characters at the beginning of every game are more more powerful than... Yeah. Okay. You pick talents and things that you would unlock as you play that character up or your account level goes up. And they call it the rune system. And you could be like, I'll start with a higher percentage of health or weapons or things. Okay, but when when you ladder match with people, are you matched with people of similar meta level? In theory, yes. But obviously the matchmaking can be gamed. And the other problem with it is that 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 talent system adds an envelope of inaccessibility to the game. Yeah. Because See, if I'd been playing uh, League for a long time, I'd be really happy with that. I would probably feel very comfortable to me. But, you know, just being in the, the kitty end of the MOBA pool, yeah. I'm sitting here going, you know, it's, it's really nice that, uh, you know, when I'm meeting somebody, we both got our floaties on, not that I have floaties and he has a jet ski. <laughs> right, well, and... I remember when I was playing, the character I got into the most was Darius, and his meta perks didn't greatly affect the way he's played. They still don't, from what I understand, have a huge impact on the way he works. But I wanted to get into a few other characters in it, and one of them I was looking at was Sona, and she just has an intense control on the way she's played based off the rune system, because they do have an impact on the way she's played. It wasn't something I understood very well, and I did not want to put in the time to keep driving my meta level up to where that hero is going to be effective. 
That's a huge turnoff. Well, yeah, and that that really drives into what I like about Heroes of the Storm is that it doesn't feel like this exclusive club of a game. Well, and And the reason why I brought it up, Heroes had that. In the alpha, it had a system exactly like the rune system that was meta, and I think the talent gating is left over from that. So you think that when we get release on launch, they'll you think they're going to get rid of? Yeah, I think they'll probably patch the gating out before. Yeah, it, it honestly feels like one of those little appendixes, appendices yeah. of a pre of a of a build of the game that they'll probably get rid of. Um, uh, I don't. I, how much customization of characters outside of actual in game, as far as skins and whatnot, are those things that you find in in League and Dota? As oh well? yeah, yeah. Skins yeah. support the Dota economy, and they have <laughs> they have a lot of other things around it. Like in Dota, you can get items held by the characters, like new weapons. You yeah. can get individual pieces of armor across them. They also have their Arcana system, um, which is these complete character rebuilds, where it's a skin that you put on with different animations and sounds and unique weapons in them and things, and they cost a fair amount of money, and they're very rare because they're, like, a timed exclusive. Right. The other thing Dota does is it utilizes the Steam uh, built-in economy with its in-game item economy. So you can play a match with one character and unlock an item for a totally different character you don't use and say you were somebody like me who really hated uh, Patchwork. I, when I was playing Dota, unlocked half of Patchwork sets from playing games and was like, this sucks, I don't want these. And then eventually I realized that wasn't really a problem because once I knew 30 people who were playing Dota, I could trade items for a hero I wanted. So oh, eventually, like, my my Windrunner had all of the items that I wanted her to have and looked really pimped out and cool because she was the character I cared about the most. Yeah. And so that was kind of neat. I like the way it works. Dota has, I think Valve has started pushing the boundaries kind of as a feeler to see how far they can push their microtransaction economy. Yeah. They have, with some of the events that they did over the winter, they've changed it so, like, certain in-game events were only participate based on you invest in cash. Now, microtransactions is something we've wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I actually just, for the first video game I've, I've played, I've actually made my first microtransaction in a game yesterday uh, by buying Tyrael, mm-hmm. because he's 7,000 in-game gold, mm-hmm. or you can buy him outright for... 850, 849, whatever. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I could put in 10 hours of gameplay to get 7,000 gold, maybe more time, or I could just throw money at this and get to play the character that I want to play. And I, Cause he show is pretty. He is, that is actually why I bought the character is because <laughs> Brendan was just like rifling through all the different characters and Tyrael came up and I've always liked the artwork for Tyrael. Mm. I, I have only played a limited amount of D- Diablo, but I love the artwork in that game. Yeah. And I love There's something Tyrael. about it that just resonates. Yeah. Just, just the cool, like, ephir- or ephemeral, like, glowy wings and, like, and that, like tendrils. hood that he has to go with it. I yeah. think everybody who played Diablo or has been exposed to the character at all sits there and goes, you know, even if that's not my image of an archangel... That's good enough for comic books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of the cinemas from Diablo 3 with oh, them were just amazing. Oh, yeah, he, beautiful. He goes up against the uh, Grievous Council and, like, quits, and he's, like, ripping off his wings and dropping them in the armors, like, smoldering up. It's just, like, it's way too much. Like, it's the so game badass. is so melodramatic and ridiculous, but you, you forgive it instantly because <laughs> you're like, it's just so pretty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think well, this is something that just very much stands out about the game that you illustrated perfectly right there, is that Blizzard does good characters. Oh, my God. They do God. big, high, overarching melodrama, and they they do it to a painful T. And it's if you like stuff that's just crazy and overblown and way too mega and macro, 
they're the company for you. And all Ex- of this takes exactly. all of that and boils it down to just have fun with it. Exactly. And, and it's play it, and battle like it, we're in Valhalla. It, ba- it boils down to, hey, you know these characters you would never see in the same universe? We're going to throw them in the same universe, but we're going to make it known. To, they're gonna, we're going to make the characters know that they shouldn't be in the same universe and make <laughs> jokes about it. Yeah. James, you, last podcast, you talked about, uh, talked about the tutorial. And I was like, I hadn't played it yet. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I don't really know what's going on. And then I jump in and it's all self-aware jokes about what the hell, what are you? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the Nexus? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Shut up, we're just doing it yeah. for glory! Well, I think it was, oh, I'm all about glory. <laughs> I think it's also a pretty big job at the MOBA genre itself, because for a while, like, all of these MOBAs that were coming out had these ridiculous meta plots, like, the characters have interactions and story behind them, which was one thing that was fine, but then they're like, no, it's this... This ancient battle of good versus evil, and here's our nine-page novel that supports it that literally has nothing to do with the game ever, and you're not going to care. It's like, why is this here? Like, I don't get, like, League insisted, and some people still do this, and if you do, you're a fucking idiot. They call themselves summoners when they play, because the meta was that the player is, like, summoning this hero as an avatar to fight with them on the summoner's battlefield, and, like, they, they did it forever. Like, the, the nomenclature for referring to a League player was calling them a summoner, and I'm like, guys, just the fuck over it like. yeah <laughs> i was like I, see that's it's one of those games that to me is well for league of legends and dota not for heroes of the storm it seems like this game that is just it's these pretty skins that are thrown onto these generic models that do the same thing they're the same game to me they have their different meta game and whatnot but to me it's it's you're playing on the, these asymmetrical maps and it's just there's I don't even know. There's, it just seemed like this really bland game. That's well, why I couldn't get. Well, they're exactly symmetrical, right? Yeah, not asymmetrical. Oh, sorry, they're symmetrical yeah. games, not asymmetrical. But uh, the, I, I just, I couldn't get into it because there was no, uh, there was no plot or anything other than that, and it was just this, yeah, just do the same thing over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again, the same map, same map, same abilities, blah blah blah, and I just, it, it didn't seem like fun to me. Heroes is is fun because there are the individual map di- uh, dynamics uh, mechanics that you have to use, and it's just it's it's fun. It's mm. it it doesn't feel like you're playing the same match over and over again. So now and there's always something that you can do. Yes, there's always some way that you can be chipping in. There's always some way that you can be helping out, pushing, promoting yeah. your cause. Yesterday we were playing, and Brendan like two times, two times, Brendan was like, "That's game. We're fucked." We're not going to win this. And then, and we were playing Danny, uh, Danny, Brennan, and I were playing, and we just like pushed. We were like, no, fuck that. We just like pushed back and we won. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can, like, there's, I feel like that's like. I'm glad you guys developed that too, because I was sitting there, yeah. like I said a couple of times, trying to sit there and stall the enemy team as they were blowing through what was left of our defenses. Like, guys guys but then you're all the way over trying to get where i'm stalling them from getting to and so it was just a gamble to try and give you enough time to do what you needed to do and that was great or things where i felt like i needed to go and do some map support somewhere but then i could send you guys some sieges you know just some siege units or some mercenaries like that and be like those guys are going to do well with that and next thing i know we've won and i look over and it's you guys are there with, like, two of the siege units I sent your way still with you. Yep. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, glad that I know how to work <laughs> glad well. I can help. <laughs> I, that I can be an active, aggressive murder machine, but then leverage that towards uh, map support and right. overall 
tactical awareness. Exactly. And not to keep rambling, because I know I just did a huge ramble right there, <laughs> but it's the fact that when you run into good players in Heroes, it's not that they've got a build that they pulled off as somebody smart who figured out how to game something. It's not that they have been playing the game for a long time. You see good players by how they conduct themselves on the map and how they work well with their other teammates. Yes. We, they you and go, I... They don't go maverick and try to do, do the same thing. Yeah. You and I, beginning of our first match, had a really tough time <laughs> dealing with this um this Mighty Ducks flying wedge oh my God. of pain that just came in us in these three guys stayed completely coordinated uh, applying steady pressure to us and there was not much that we could do yeah and that was a uh, really really good gamesmanship i thought it was incredible coordination on their part and yet we still managed to win we did <laughs> so now is it the fun factor that made you feel okay i can drop 10 bucks on material i don't feel like yes it was, it was it was the the factor of after playing a few games i had been playing for maybe three or four hours i i went I'm going to play this when the game launches. So I know that I'm going to get that 850 back that I spent to be able to spend on another hero or on to, on a skin or something like that. Um, and it was this whole, at least this week, there weren't any other, other characters that I wanted to play. I had played Tychus. I had fun with him and whatever, but I didn't want to play any other, the other characters and I wanted to keep playing. So I just figure, whatever i'm like not do like it's 850 i'll drop that yeah. and i get to play another character and i get to learn how to play a different class well so here's the thing i also feel like their microtransaction costs are very fair yes um and that's something that i say was pretty universal across the genre i think in mobas the skin costs with the exception of arcanas and things oh that God, they're yeah. doing in dota they tend to be pretty fair. They're not un outrageously overpriced that you couldn't impulse buy them. Microtransactions. Yeah. You're not buying a whole new game. Exactly. And they're free to play to begin with. Yeah. And so I feel like kicking them that little extra money, like we were equating the cost that you had. I was like, how much do you spend on a drink when you go to the Congo? Like, right. If you're not having your gin and tonic tonight, <laughs> you could own Tyrael for the rest of the time you're playing this game. Exactly. So do it. The yeah. other thing that, for me, that it sticks out or in my head... G.I. Joe. Yeah, every time when I think of it in my head, is I'm like, this game is such a toy box. Every time I buy a character, I'm like, I'm buying a G.I. Joe. It's like <laughs> relatively the same cost. a great way cost. of looking at it. Yeah. yeah, and you own that toy. You get to play with it. And then eventually... You get to play like, with it with your other toys. Right, like, oh, I want to get Serpentor's Flying Car Skin. Okay, that's five bucks. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, that feeling of opening up the toy box and how great that used yep. to be. Yeah. Just the... What incredible badass are we? It's gonna go on today. <laughs> I just imagine a small child saying that, and I got kind of scared. <laughs> Transformers versus Army Men. Army Men, you're in for a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, well, and I, I, for me, I feel like the microtransactions this are very fair, and I feel like you're getting something for them. There's yeah. been a lot of griping about the skins in this not being like elaborate enough, or that. They're not including enough of them. It's like, okay, first of all, it's in beta. So yeah, for, first of all, it's still in beta. Right, so if, beta, they're, beta. if they're making a skin, they're not making a hero, so the people who want more heroes are going to be pissed. So what Skins what are entirely do? aesthetic, though. Yeah, they are. They provide no mechanical invention, but some of them... Except if you get the uh, the Lost Vikings character or character skin. The, it changes... The, the skins don't change the way the mechanics behave. Well, I, I saw the... the um, Olaf, I think, the, the guy with the shield, and he was rocking around the other day just on his own. I haven't seen, like... Oh, no, know. that's how they work. Okay. I don't right. know if you knew this with the Lost Vikings. They're a weird thing. You control all three of them individually. 
So you, they're like a group of units in StarCraft. Okay, but I didn't see all of them rocking around together. That's because they don't move together. If you want to, you can just take Olaf and run him one place and the other guy one place. You're controlling literally three Oh, yeah, okay. They have, they have no click abilities. They have three keys that switch between them, and each of them does one thing. Olaf charges with the shield. The sword guy throws swords, and the other guy shoots the little bow, and they move at different speeds. And they have an ultimate they can trigger together, like the longboat raid or a couple other things, but... You are literally microing three units at once with them. No wonder I was having such a good time uh, grabbing Olaf and sticking him behind my tower. Yeah, and they also have split health bars. Like, the unit's health is divided amongst all three, so you can kill Olaf, the other two can still be up. Mm-hmm. And they're a really difficult unit to use. Yeah. However, I will say, being Diablo, I was sitting there smacking away at Olaf, and he held up really well. Yeah, he's the tank of the three. And because his he- the health is split between them, they can create really vicious counters. Some of the things that they hard counter in the game are just nuts because you just can't get to the other two to kill them before you're done and then you don't want to commit against them ever again. So, yeah, what happens, what happens when you kill one of them? I'm not certain. I know the other two stay up. Right. I don't know if the other one responds eventually <laughs> because I don't own them and I've never hit the try button to use them. And I've played against Still, them Still, that would seldom. be damn handy. Like, if every character just had their own respawn. I think they might individually come back at some point. I know there's a couple of units with weird respawn mechanics. Diablo's one of them. He has the soul yeah, stone. Yeah, Diablo has the souls, do that. Yeah. Murky buries an egg somewhere. Well, he doesn't have to bury it, but usually they hide it somewhere. And he can just instant respawn where he places the egg. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of things that work that way. Abifer doesn't leave the base because he just sends his shit out to go be a shit everywhere on the map i haven't played abathur yet i kind of want to try him out i might i might give him I a wait try. Till he's free he's weird <laughs> well i might try him in the store and that's another really cool thing too because i tried tyriel in the store and you i really like that because before it always seemed like if i wanted to play a character i'd have to buy him yeah. and i would have no idea what i'm getting myself oh wait into. that's right wait andrew how does that work okay so what you do is you go into the store you find the character that you want to play there's the purchase with gold button, there's the purchase with actual money button, and then there's the try button. What it does is it drops you into a single, into a single lane test realm, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you have controls on the side where you can hard level your character up, where you just press it and it levels you up. So you can level yourself to 10 and see what the ultimate's like, or 20, see the full range of abilities. Um, and then you can spawn minions and heroes and stuff like that to face off against them. Um, so it gives you like a taste of what it is. You don't get to play with other characters necessarily, but like, or like can, a match or something. Yeah, but. you don't get to play against a match, but you can sort of see what's what how the character is going to respond. I think that's great because it gives them it gives you a lab or a workshop exactly. to try out it's your a lab. ideas. It's exactly what rather it is. than trying to sit there and, and muggle it all in your head yeah. as hard yeah. as you can, like looking at the abilities and going, I don't, I, I get it. Oh, there's sort of? nothing worse than when you think that you've pulled off something really clever and you just can't wait to show off how badass your brain and your character building skills are. And you realize you, you missed the one thing or you put one point where it shouldn't have been and all you've created is a mobile, highly ambulatory piece of wet tissue paper. <laughs> well, and so with the skins, this is the thing. I really like the way Sylvanas played trying her in the try arena. It right. was like, I don't know if I want to drop 10 bucks. Yeah, I know I she's new, but I really like the way she plays. <laughs> yep. But I was fucking... She's a beast. Well, this is the thing. As an ally player from WoW and somebody who's just <laughs> steeped in Alliance lore and loving you, them... Yeah, you know, like, everything about... She has that fucking skin where she's the Ranger General of Kel'Thalas, mm-hmm. and it was bundled with her this week for 13 mm-hmm. bucks, and I was like... Mm. Instead, of, <laughs> instead, of, instead of 10. Right. So it's like an extra 350 and you get 
uh, I get to play as a legend from a game I wanted to be, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I had Slew Bonner with the skin, played her a bunch of matches, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Danny was like, buy it, just yeah, do it. Yeah, my wife like, is totally resigned to me impulse buying things. Just to weigh <laughs> in on the uh, the microtransaction thing, um, like I said last podcast, I didn't know how I felt about it, right. in that, that it's like, okay, guys, I would spend... Uh, what I would spend on a bundle for about half of this game. However, you know, in exploring everything, I yeah. would end up buying way more than just your game. Now being more well versed in it, I, I really, I like Brendan was saying, I think they're doing it very fair in yeah. the fact that I've just been playing the game and I'm pretty damn close to getting about $9 worth of character. For just having spent time on the game. Now, for that, um, do you, do you like Diablo or is he just the character of the week that you've been playing? Um, I like Diablo. You do. Okay. It, it was one of the things where he was fun. Uh, mostly I was working on Raynar and Arthas. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still like Arthas. I haven't played Arthas yet. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that would you purchase Arthas? Now, like, do you do you own any characters outside of the weekly free ones? No, because uh, I've been saving up, and I okay. had a chance to get like two of the the three to four dollar characters. Okay, but I still decided to just hang on to what I'd had and sit grab... on it until you get something really nice. And the thing was, was that uh, I brought because I'd just been using him, <laughs> so I brought Diablo out to play with you guys last night. Right, and for the first half of our first game, I was sitting there thinking, no, I should have gone with my standby, I should have just bought Rayner, yeah. and I should have worked more with that. And then all the practice that I'd put on in, in Diablo started to work out, he started to level up, he started becoming the lovely murder machine that the <laughs> Lord of Terror is supposed to be. And I that, feast on your fear! <laughs> and you start noticing how other people have to react to the character. Anyways, what I was saying is that I started to work with him really well, mm -hmm. and have, considering the successes that I had with him last night and the amount of fun that I had with him last night, yes, I'm definitely going with him. Uh, just because he doesn't seem to be something that people go with very often. However, if you're clever... This week, yes, because of just Well, the yeah, he's on rotation this week, so you're yeah. going to see more of him artificially. Yeah. Right. Artificially, but yes. Yeah. Even still in actual gameplay... Um, his worst problem is biting off more than you can chew. Yeah, he's For, easy to overextend to it. That is oh, so, code. Yeah, don't overextend. <laughs> but if, if you can sit there and be a smart player, he's he's a good hammer. Um, I didn't want to toot my own horn, but I ended up against a ranged assassin and two support char uh, characters. So Sylvanas, um, no, no, so Lily, uh, the crossbow chick, and I think Sylvanas, who was the... Yeah, Sylvanas is a ranged specialist. Yep. yep. But, and the thing was, was that uh, you had three of them all together on the lane, and they were working very well in tandem, and they were pushing it very well. But I was a later stage Diablo, so it wasn't like they could come in and swarm on me, because I would take them back, and I would really set them back. And so... Kinda, it's kind of like Evolve. <laughs> yeah, but the thing... Yeah, yeah and <laughs> it was kind of like that, but... What I dedicated myself to doing, as I had no help, everybody else was trying to push the other end of the lane, as all of our defenses were crumbling, is I had three characters and an opportunity to waste their time. Mm -hmm. Because if they tried to rush me, I was going to make them pay for it in spades. Yeah. So, like I said, tactics, strategy, they appeal to me. It's why I love this kind of stuff, and it's one of the reasons why I'm really loving this game. Because it gave me an opportunity from a defensive on the back heel losing position 
an opportunity to feel very proud about my accomplishments in the game. Hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see, I'd like to play uh, Tyrael and have you on um, Rainer at some point. That I'd, would be very I'd, very. I'd very like good. to try that out because that could line. that could be a, a really nice lane. And like I on. said, I mean, I I watched you come out of one engagement <laughs> in tatters. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah, he must be in real trouble. And you just sat there and the, the term is called kiting as you retreat yes. and attack yeah. and retreat and attack. Um, and I just watched you thin resistance as you pulled away and made them pay for every inch of ground they took. And I was like, this, this is my kind of jam. <laughs> <laughs> so now comparing this game, which is using pure microtransactions to another game that's going to have uh, uh, DLC content. Yes. Back. We're getting close to Destiny's House of Wolves. We haven't talked about Destiny in a while. No, we haven't, because I'm pretty sure none of us are playing it. No, I don't <laughs> think any of us are playing it right now. Um, and that's not because I think it's some shit-awful game. It just no. it ran out of interest for me after Crota Hard Mode was done and yeah. haven't really wanted to go back. And it's not like I didn't give it enough hours of my life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So now, and there's other, there are other games to be playing right now. Yeah. That's, but, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, they are fixing a decent, at least even just in pre-release patches... Uh, or pre-DLC release patches, they are releasing a decent amount of fixes. Yeah. Uh, some of them I don't think go far enough, like the inventory space. They're no, adding, I don't think any of them. Come yeah, they're they're not. Well, they did they did give us uh, volume control on all of all <laughs> yeah. of the audio. Yeah, at long last, you can control the audio instead of just letting your TV at, shit at, in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> at six months of post release, they're allowing you to control the volume of of things in game. Oh my god! And it's funny because the only thing that made them do that is that they brought Spotify to the PlayStation Four. Yeah. Uh, which I am super happy about. Mm-hmm. I I love it. it. It's actually I wanted to talk about it very briefly as a little in between is um the Spotify app that they've just brought to the PlayStation Four is beautifully designed. It's um it's just it, it works perfect. I love from, how it's presented down. as well. Hi, yeah. would you like Spotify? Ta-da! You have Spotify. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. But even the UI is, is very intuitive and, and, and beautiful. It's actually a really really well designed. Uh, and well, and good looking. Well, and like, okay, so the last firmware update we got, which enabled that thing's use, it gave us the new suspend and the new, uh, HTCP interruption and all the other yep. things that they had done to it. There were a lot of good PlayStation updates that were going out with that patch. The reason why I've been on my PlayStation so much to notice all these great chases is exactly what you said. This spring had so many good games. Bloodborne. Bloodborne is one of them. Yep. Bloodborne is an amazing triple <laughs> <play> that everyone's <laughs> known. Like Frothing of the Mouth, New that Day game, Evangelized. I but. watched it a little bit yesterday, and I was very, very scared. There was a lot of shouting going <laughs> Did on. Did you recognize any nightmares? <laughs> yeah, like the pig, <laughs> the pig with all of the eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, my there God. Was, there was some dark stuff on the screen. <laughs> <when Andrew was laughs> <over yesterday. laughs> like, there's one where you walk up behind this massive pig, and it's just eating something probably horrific on the ground. And Brendan's just like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just a pig, you know, just a pig. And then he stabbed its butthole, <laughs> as one does, as, as, as you one do with does. pigs. And it turned around and it had probably eighty eyes bulging yeah, out of its head. And eyes. I just, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. or or the guy's like, no, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Hey, friend. Oh no, he's full of snakes. <laughs> Charlotte's Web didn't happen in Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne's oh amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, but, amazing. So it had so many good games, and so most of my gaming budget was being spent on new titles. I still yeah. bought Axiom Verge. I really want to. I bought. I don't. I I I watched it. It's. I don't think I'm going to drop twenty bucks on it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, I'll that watch is... it if I can get. I, I want to be able to try it. If I can try it and play it and see how it plays. 
I'll probably end up buying it. And Axiom Verge is pure prey upon nostalgia. Yeah. If you played Metroid or fucking any of those games on the NES and you, you wanted to relive them but have a new fresh one, here it is. Yeah. Oh, so. I did see a preview for that. That does... The what do they call them? The, the Metroidvanias? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, if you love Metroidvania, this is the most Metroidvanias vania of yeah. the Metroid. And Axiom Ax- <laughs> Verge is a cool game to check out if you're into retro gaming. But yeah. it has no DLC. Right. So we were, yeah, we were talking about DLC. Destiny has this DLC coming out, House of Wolves, which I already own because I bought that season pass shtick yeah, that they too. did back in the day. So you yeah. bought that as well. Yeah, I did. I bought that too. Do you own House of Wolves yet? No. It's okay. not out yet, but it's... That's the thing, is that, like, as much as I have loved Destiny... After, after Crow to Zen, um, I'm gonna let other people invest in it. I'm gonna let the internet review it. I'm going to look at stuff online because Crow to Zen was not worth it for me at all. Yeah. I'm still really disappointed in how the whole thing's been handled. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't manage my own expectations well enough. No, they didn't, um, they didn't manage community expectations well enough. No. Well, you know, I'm Everybody not going to sit here and complain about it, but what I am going to do is be I much will. more cautious <laughs> about further purchases in the Destiny universe because I don't enjoy getting that ramped up and having that much faith in a product and then Hey, man, you get the new bike that you can spin around and fly <laughs> through the air, man. Yeah. You dress in insect parts, but they're not insect parts. They're Crota's friends. Dude. And it was just... Oh, the tumbler wasn't worth oh, the <laughs> I don't the bike you can't ride. Thanks for giving us money. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. Am I right or am I wrong? But did, like... Like, that whole commercial, that whole game was like, hey, it's Destiny. It's radical, dude. Practically (laughs) tubular. (laughs) They did a really, like, tongue-in-cheek promotion for it. But I think I've never felt like Crozen wasn't worth the money. I don't feel like House of Wolves, I will feel like it wasn't worth the money. My problem is, is that the gameplay experience of Vanilla Destiny prior to its first, they call it expansion, I call it map pack, Yeah, didn't change. And right. my problems I had with the game, the thing that were eventually detracting from it for me, were not altered in any way right. when Crozen started. In fact, some of them got worse. Yeah. Um, and it's... Well, this is what we were talking about, and this is what I prophesized a while ago, is that they've they've been seeing a large drop-off of players. They haven't. Really? Yeah, That's, no, they, I, they I, haven't. I've been seeing a lot on the internet saying that it has. That's the echo chamber. In okay. terms of Destiny's internal metrics on it, they've lost no one. Like, they have regular logins. And well, okay, are we talking about, lo- like, total people playing the game yeah, at a time? Or are we talking about Are we talking about sustained play? People who are still playing it that have been playing it since launch? Their, con- their concurrent numbers have not dropped in any appreciable way. Okay. Now, if that is everybody playing for 15 minutes and, like, rotating it magically to keep the number up, I guess that's <laughs> well, weird. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, like, the, they've, they probably have lost a lot of people, but they have continued to gain people. Right, and because their concurrence haven't gone down, there hasn't been the exodus a lot of people were saying. Not right. necessarily that you were saying it was going to be like that, but yeah. a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, they're done now, this is going to work. I don't think they they were penalized well, in any way. I, I think that, I think that, and I still think this, of um, that if House of Wolves doesn't deliver... I think that they're going to lose a decent chunk of people after the content has been run out that probably won't come back for whatever the third... Uh, I don't think they will. You know, I I really do think so. Maybe it's just me, but I think that, I mean, I it's sort of like the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, it's shame on me sort of situation of... You know, I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't think that I'm overspending on the content that I'm getting. Really, it's 15 bucks for the content. It's not all that much money, necessarily. Right. 
Uh, and I mean, I spent 15 bucks, continued to play it for three months after I, after I got the content. But I just, you know, I, I don't want to get this content and have it be lackluster. Here's the thing. I, I agree with you. I think after House of Wolves, if there's not a lot of changes, they're going to have to sing a merry tune about Comet for it to be worth it for me to buy. Yeah. Because for me, I don't feel like that experience is warranted enough for me to keep investing cash to go back. Right. And I'm not going to, if House of Wolves sucks, I am going to have heavy, heavy reservations about buying another full price game. Right. From the universe. Then, so here's the other thing. They will have, to, hopefully they make some decent changes with House of Wolves. I don't think it's going to happen. If it doesn't, I'm going to have reservations about Comet. Right. If Comet, they're Quote unquote Comet. That's right. We don't know what it actually is, but. Destiny 2. They're large scale expansion for the original game. Right. If that is good, then I wouldn't have a problem with getting a sequel. If that is more of this, I'm going to have reservations about the sequel. Yeah. But I don't think anywhere along this, they're going to learn from their numbers because I don't think they're going to lose any. Destiny has been rating in NDP sales since it was put on the chart. It has been up in the top 10. Which means oh, I, there I, are don't, people, I don't doubt it. Well, and what that means is literally every month they're adding hundreds of thousands of users who are now accessing content that will take them hundreds of hours to clear. Right. So I don't think they're going to lose any money, which means I don't think Bungie is necessarily going to learn. Because... That makes... I mean, it makes sense for them. Yeah, these Here's patches question, we saw... Like, do you know, um, in terms of... I don't know, different releases. Has there been anything internationally in terms of staggered releases? I know there's the whole stuff that's been going on with Xbox and when and how they get access the, to their content. The only thing that's timed on Destiny is the PlayStation exclusive content, which has a one-year exclusivity. So we're not even anywhere near the end of And I know the we do see exclusive. a much bigger delay in people jumping in on things, because even though we do have more and more people jumping in on release date, the... The technology and the money requirements oftentimes times cause gamers to have to budget for these way down the road in order to be able to be part of the experience. Yeah, and I think um, Destiny was still pretty pretty early in the system that unless you were an early adopter, it was going to be rare that you were going to be able to buy it at launch, but it also moved units. Both the Xbox One and the PS4 sold more boxes off of Destiny's release. And I think in terms of numbers, there's not parity between the systems. One, because there's more PS4s out there, and two, because it has the content exclusivity. There are definitely more users on PlayStation, but I think over time, both systems have continued to gain a stronger and stronger following as more people get roped in by their friends. Um, in terms of the... That's, not a, that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think they delayed anything worldwide. I think it had a simultaneous worldwide release, so if it was available in your region, you got it and the content at roughly the same time. Well, so... <clears throat> I guess I guess my statement then, and I, I am basing this only on the sample pool of the people I know that play the game. I've just I watched a very steady, quick drop off of people. Sure. It was you, yeah. and then James, and then me, and then Michael. Actually, no, it was David, then you, then James, then me, then Michael. It was just, I mean, it was a very but quick, over the span of maybe three weeks. I guarantee you right now, House of Wolves drops, we'll all be sitting in this living room playing oh, the DLC content immediately. Absolutely. So, like, we're I, not even... I don't doubt that. In, we're not in, even in inactive players, and we already can... You and I have already contributed to their cash number for take for the new yeah. expansion, so they're... We know going. that we're going to play the content. I don't think that I will spend nearly as much time playing it, in that I think I'm going to have a much more discerning eye jumping into it. I'm not frothing at the mouth for it like I was with, right. with Dark Bull. Well, there's also more to do. Like, now we have other games. Right. The systems are evolving enough. There's enough other releases out there. And I think 
we're pretty broad gamers anyways. We have other stuff to play. Destiny just won't consume it without that zeitgeist behind it the way it did before. Right. Well, that yeah, I just I won't be running around the tower waiting for somebody to log on. If nobody's on and I don't have anything that I'm going to do on my own, I'm not going to do it. But my worry are these fucking changes they implemented because they're stupid. Which ones? Okay, the increased vault size. Yeah, they're like four <laughs> slots. Yeah, wait, it's going from twenty. <laughs> it's going well. It's four slots per category. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like you get twenty, so now you have twenty-four. Woo! Woo! Great, four new pieces. Yeah, fuck off. You get yeah. a brand new trunk now with the sock drawer. Now <laughs> exactly. they, impl- they implemented the ability for you to change equipment on the fly through the app, which was admittedly very smart. Very smart. But again, it should have been something integrated into the game at launch and further. Proves my point that the spaceships aren't in the game for any reason. If you can play with Chop the Dog <laughs> in GTA V, you can move some little art <laughs> around and go, hey, I don't want to be on this character, I want it to be on this character. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, it's not an easy thing to go onto the phone and change the things. No, it's you a have pain to, in the goddamn you, ass. Yeah, because you can't go move from character to character. You have to go move from character to vault, go to the other character, take from vault, equip. Right. I can access my this bank account on my phone time. and yeah. transfer money faster than I can move an item between characters. That's a fucking failure because as I've established, Bank of America is a cabal of shitty assholes. So, like, wow. <laughs> Reality's got the jump on video games. Yeah, this is ridiculous. So, like, that change wasn't even that good. And then their gameplay balance changes are, like, Tiny, tiny, fine adjustments to massive gaping wounds. Are you talking about with the weapon changes or? The weapon changes, their ammo glitch fix, like, there's just a litany of problems with the game that they have a four month lag time on fixing. Right. And what really, what, what really pissed me off with that in particular was the weekly updates that they did for like three weeks where they talked to the same people, <laughs> yeah. the people that were in charge of fixing these problems. And they're like, well, it's it's not as easy as it sounds to do this. We have so many like complicated things. You and, had two hundred and fifty million dollars when you started this project. Yeah, so where did it How many go? millions of fucking dollars are you rolling around we, in now? We're making it. We hire some we, more techs. <laughs> we we gave it all to Peter Dinklage. We went on a magical adventure together. It was a weekend in tropical paradise. I regret nothing. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, it's just like. I, as somebody who, who deeply understands, and I do, I'm not bullshitting, I know what it takes to develop a video game, I understand how that process works, I'll give you two months to fix a problem with your code. After two months, when you're saying, all the codes link together, if we change one part of the game, it affects another part. Sounds like a poorly designed game. <laughs> Welcome to owning a video game. <laughs> you will have to fix multiple parts if all of them are built shitty. Welcome also, to owning an MMO. Right, like your excuse is bullshit with Blizzard, who has a smaller team supporting World of Warcraft, who gets in there like Zeus's fucking lightning, stopping gaps. <laughs> like, blow that shit <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and the further I get away from it, the more it pisses me off because it's like they act like. It is just, like, going to make Atlas trip and fall and drop the world if they go in and fix one game-breaking problem, and they won't do it. Well, it's it's also the constant, like, stringing along in the weekly updates that Deej writes, where he's like, well, we have all these really cool things that we're going to do, but we're not going to talk about them today. Instead, we're going to interview Joe Dickhole from Bungie, who who fixed the, the heavy ammo synthesis, which everyone's just sitting there, like, wanting to, like, hiss and boo at this guy, and he's like, we fixed it. It was really hard. 
I'm like, I don't care. I don't care that it was hard. You're being paid it's a fantastic job. amount of money to work on a video game while I slave away in a fucking box processing insurance. <laughs> Every day you're at work and you bitch about it, you ruin my ability to give you any respect. Straight up. When you walked through the doors into your office and said, bungee above the door, the rest of the fucking world stopped caring about your problems. Okay? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You get to go to your job and love what you do. When you were in the cafeteria being served food underneath the statue of the Master Chief, did you say, God, I'm a corporate drone? Or did you dance in a circle while you got your fucking pizza saying my life is charmed? <laughs> if it's the first answer, never ever talk to me. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Just running with Master Chief is like having pizza and tater tots. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. And I just, I can't handle it. And I got more burnt. This is what got me thinking about DLC 2. So my escape from Destiny, my, my like final exit leap, was on Evolve's back. Right. I climbed into that game and was like, mmm, gonna be a monster. Actually balanced PvP. Company then, that cares about and it. And then you broke your hand. Yeah, I broke my fucking hand. I couldn't play it anymore. <laughs> but at the same time that I was artificially removed from Evolve's pool, its players also migrated like the death of a mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they all go? They were all driven off by its insane lack of support. What happened? So Evolve has like a lot of depth to the gameplay it has, but that depth ends abruptly at a point where now you've seen it all, now you've done it all, these are the metas, this is how they work. Play every match and it's the same. Yeah. It's a hard wall of depth that does have a lot of variety in it, but there's just, there was nothing in the pipeline to keep it going. And because it's solely multiplayer, it was only going to ever attract hardcore multiplayer types, which is a smaller pool of the people who would play a shooter. Right. You weren't going to get a lot of shooter types because... You, you don't really play it like a shooter, even when you're the guys with the guns. Right. So that. So they're they're like, where's the twitchy like shooting shoot 'em up game? Yeah, I, I hit the monster. scope, and the monster doesn't go down. A quick scope, and the monster doesn't go down. <laughs> this game's broken, bro. <laughs> yeah. So like, they left because they were done. They didn't want in on it. So the people who were left were the people like me who were like, yeah, it's this kind of like asymmetrical mobile like skill based game. And I've kind of done everything there is to do in it, and there's all these other shiny games out here. I'm going to stop playing it. And then we remembered the absurd DLC system that we all chose to ignore when we bought it and found out that some of our friends would be getting the new monster because they pre-ordered. Some of our friends would be getting the new monster and the new hunters because they pre-ordered the DLC. Some of our friends bought an a legendary edition that would give them new skins, the new monster, and the new hunters, and new DLC. And by the eighth iteration of this content fuck over to sell us these things, people were just like, I'm done. I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to log in and play one match to see the new monster kill me, or play with it if I own it, and then I'm going to go back to ignoring this game. Is existence. there any way to unlock the monster? Not through the regular gameplay. Only only cash money. That's bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit. I just don't I don't want to do it. I'm not having enough fun with the game to want to buy it. In my mind, that is 100% fair. That's content they made that wasn't part of the original release. Okay. It's new. All right, yeah. yeah and yeah. they it costs them some amount of money to make, so it will cost me some amount of money to buy. My problem with it is the way it was marketed just seemed insane. Like, I don't know if you remember the way they did this, but it had, like, nine pre-order variants, and they all, like, tiered, changed what you kind of Where they got. have to give you, like, the Excel spreadsheet of, like, all the <laughs> check marks down of, like, well, if you buy this one, you get all these things, but you don't get the bottom fourth thing. Right, like, if I drove to Tony's Comics asshole in South Bronx and pre-ordered there, I got a statue with <laughs> slime on the back of a monster that they mailed me three days after I unlocked it in-game. Like, it's, like they were, it was, like, an asinine number of, like, variables, and I was just like, no, this game's not fun enough, and now it is this weird kind of microtransaction. I don't want to say hell because it wasn't like bad. It was just confusing. Yeah. And 
ill presented. Like, so what if I want to buy this now? No, 50 bucks. Fuck off! Fuck off! Yeah, no, I don't, don't want to do that. Fuck I, off! Your game doesn't have that much depth of play for me to spend another 50 bucks on it. Well, and like, it rewarded pre-ordering, which I get why that makes sense for a business. Right. I'm all about capitalism. Get people to pre-order, help the shareholders, like, whatever. As a consumer, I am not about pre-ordering. It makes <laughs> no fucking sense. I live in the digital distribution world. They will never run out of copies. The internet is always on. Right. Like, pre-order, we might run out. Right. Like, <laughs> nope. That's what pre-order is for. So you get it before it go, it, the limited run runs out. Right. And I'm basically telling the developer, like, yeah, your fake movie you made for E3 sold your game so well. Here's my money before I even know what it is. Like, no, I'm not that dumb. And then <laughs> you and I both know from living and working in the corporate world of they look at how many people pre-ordered and they go, our scheme worked. We're going to do it again for every game we make. Right. And basically the way you become a triple A studio is pre-orders. Because yeah. you know we made $30 million before our game was released. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's ridiculous. Like our name in movies made all this money. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that, you know, one of the, the biggest arguments against pre-order or DLC was that the way DLC originally used to work, which was you download the whole game and then they go, okay, Give us a $15 more to unlock this part of the game. Yeah. Which goes back to my thing, where it's like, I've already bought it. What do you mean that I need to pay it to get the full experience? Yeah. And, but, yeah, it depends <laughs> for me. Cause sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like it's like, that's dumb. The, the unlock for that is totally unfair. Like, okay, here's, here's where the DLC starts to piss me off. When it doesn't support the way the game is played. Okay. So, DLC in the MOBAs, you unlock other heroes. You're not actually getting a strategic advantage by unlocking those heroes, unless they were so grossly broken they were overpowered, which they try and fix. But that system supports the gameplay. Pay for something you want to play with, it right. doesn't get you an advantage in-game. A game like Warframe, I want to play with some machine guns and a katana, I don't want to take the time to unlock them, I'll buy them now. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, so you can buy something that makes the game more fun, but doesn't break the game. Right. Where they don't work are the map packs in Call of Duty. I 100% understand that the studio who made those didn't make that as part of the release game. I'm not one of those people who thinks they chopped up something they had to make more money off of it. Right. That's not how that worked. And even if they did, that's their fucking prerogative. Welcome yeah, they're a business. They yeah. can do what they want. America. But, <laughs> America. But, like, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that the content... the United States of Illuminati. <laughs> that content is now gated behind the people who chose to buy it. Which means, in a competitive setting it will never appear. Right. Like, if you were going to be stupid good caught and play at the pro level, you will never play DLC maps because not everybody has them, so they're not used in tournaments. Right. So, like, that shit needs to be distributed in some kind of way that is not excluding a population who plays it, which is, I think, what happened with Evolve with a lot of these people was, it was like, I can already play the game without this monster or these hunters. I don't need to invest in it. The people who bought it can use them. I can play against them as foes even without purchasing it. So I'll get to see them. Yeah, but I'll never get to play it. Right. But it also then at that point just didn't even seem worth it. Like it was like, well, no, I don't fucking care. I didn't want to give my money early. I didn't want yeah. to pay more money when I got it. And I don't want to pay more money now. This is not worth any cash to me. And I'm not alone in that because that game's player base has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it's like somebody like spinning out and like shooting rocks and dust from the back of their Rolls Royce or whatever at you and you going oh fuck I really don't want a Rolls Royce now <laughs> but there are some people who are like fuck that guy I want a Roll Rolls Royce now to show him I want to be that guy yeah. <laughs> there are yeah, two types of people people who want that and people who don't want to be like that guy now 
Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's, I'm feeling very cautious about the DLC content that they're releasing, particularly for the console market, because the more it gets like the PC market, the more I think there's a chance for it to stop being worth it. Yeah. Ubisoft springs to mind almost immediately. Everything on Uplay is fuck bunk garbage that no one should pay any money for. Right. Spend twenty dollars and get two hundred and fifty thousand in-game monies. Right, like, oh, you're stuck at this part. Here's a button you can click that solves it for you. Oh, fuck that! Like, like what? Why am I doing that? And then because the, they know that there's like that one person who will do it. Right, and the constant immersion break. Like, oh, I'm really in this headspace of being Arnaud and sneaking around yeah. France and murdering all of these assholes and everything. And here's a box of treasure and the house I've snuck into. I'll open it. I need to. Unlock the phone app? Yeah. Fuck. What? Arno doesn't have a phone. What am Wait, I? Play, play this in the phone app. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Let me play. Let... I'm playing on the PlayStation. If, if, it can, if it can fit on my phone, it can fit in the PlayStation. Right. Like what? What? Now take your credit card device, plug it into your USB 2 on your phone, and Arno will pull out his own piece of plastic and swipe oh. it in game. Oh. It's too real. So gross. It's too real. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff really pisses me off. I, I feel like when people were mad about what was wrong with Unity, that was, like, never brought up. That was never the problem anybody had with it. It was, like, rampant microtransaction, you play garbage. They were always yeah. like, the face is melted on this one version of it on PC. And it's like, <laughs> technically, that game was pretty sound. Yeah, they patched the living hell out of it to make it better, but it yeah. worked. Yeah, it worked, and it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was a really good-looking game. The thing that, like, fucking murdered it for me was the first time I was watching Danny play, and she's like, oh, I finally got into this fortress. What's in here? Here's this treasure that was hidden. Please unlock through you play. So all the effort I just put in right now to get into this room doesn't doesn't matter. I can I to... can I pay five dollars to you play to remove you play from the game? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That Jesus, cr- I would pay that money to do that. <laughs> Stop advertising mid game. It's like protection money, but it's annoyance money. You pay us money for us to go the fuck away. And it's like I don't even know like why those games need to be always connected. Like that fucks them up. That's how Microsoft got into that original it's DRM, DRM nonsense. Yeah, their original stance was probably based around these cloak and dagger meetings with companies like Ubisoft being like. Yeah, we can make a lot of fucking money if this is never disconnected because we can add and plug through all of these. Clearly, what, if I, what if I lose internet and I want to keep playing my games? Tough shit. Right, and clearly the consumer base was like, no, we won't tolerate that. And Microsoft, a company with some sense, said, never mind. This is a bad place to be. I don't want to be here. I'm getting off of this stuff. I'm getting clean. I want to see my family again. <laughs> <laughs> and they walked away and came back to the world crawling and were like, we're sorry. <laughs> and- What's the matter with you? People pay plenty of money so that you don't look at them while they wander around naked from their con- console to the shower. <laughs> we don't want to look at it. You don't want to show it to us. Give us five bucks, all right? Yeah. Blackmail now. Uh, that's what happened when Phil Spencer showed up. He's just like, what's going on? <laughs> Using Connect for what? <laughs> Phil. Phil. It's an arrangement. <laughs> Jesus! Dude, does it work for us? No. So I can't fire him. No. Then I'm kicking you out of the building. <laughs> you might not want to do that. <laughs> well, Phil, you left your connect on last week. <laughs> we know we things sh- about you. We sure wouldn't want anybody to see that. <laughs> oh, God. Cheetos in a towel, Phil. Really? <laughs> oh, God. Well, on that terribly dark note, I think that's the end of our episode this week. 
Uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. If you're playing any Heroes of the Storm, uh, reach out to us. You can add our uh, battle tag ideas. We'll play some games with you. Um, if you just want to voice your opinion about how MOBAs suck, let us know. You're fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> and if you have Michael. some opinions about DLC or what you're thinking is happening with Destiny, uh, get ready. I'm sure there's more Destiny podcasts coming in the future because yep. once that fires back up, we'll be playing it. Yeah, back in May. Or mm. forward in May. Forward in May, yeah. yeah. It's coming out against The Witcher, though, so maybe we Ooh. won't be playing it very much. Look forward to that mystery and many others. <laughs> uh, you can find uh, us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And all this crap goes to YouTube along with our new Let's Play series. Uh, you guys might have seen David and I on there. We're working out technical kinks and things. and know the video sucks and whatnot, but <laughs> every day we learn more. It's a process. Yes. Um, Look but, forward yeah. to Pete and Estes trying to guess what the hell is going on in video games. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, naive... Uh, Pete doesn't play games, but he's going to try and tell us what's happening in them. Uh, plus, plays. they're going to be good. It'll be like drunk history with a Greek. mermaids there and you go to Jack Skellington Hot Topic Town. <laughs> <laughs>